Thank you, sir. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I understand that post-lunch periods are hard to focus. I'll try to be a little short. Um, a little bit about my background. I do not come with that kind of strong traditional learning and knowledge, which many of the speakers are, so it's an honor to speak here. I do have some basic uh, tr traditional understanding and training in the Vipassana as well as the modern application in mindfulness. I do have some experience in using it for working with people who are having mental health difficulties. And um, as part of my work and training, I have been trained in um, clinical psychology, positive psychology, and Indian psychology. And I teach and research in that, especially in academic and health setting. Uh, coming to the uh, meditation, before I go to the mindfulness, uh, it's a practice of exploring mind and then transcending it. In the mainstream literature, uh, there has been uh, like three broad categorization. One is on focused uh, gathering of attention and focusing on some experiences or particular object. Open monitoring, where you are basically open to whatever comes in the ex experience and automatic self-transcending, which has been added to that, which is about transcending the process of meditation itself. Mindfulness comes in the open monitoring category. Um, looks like there's some change in this formatting. OK, so the Buddhist um, sutras of uh, Anapani's uh, Sutra and Satipata uh, Sutta is basically the roots of Vipassana, where Sati is awareness and Pana is the wisdom coming together as Satipatana and Vipassana, same of, um, meaning. Actually, um, Acharya Goenkaji says that without uh, Pana, the pure awareness actually is uh, uh, very superficial. He gives the example of someone, for example, doing acrobatics in a circus. Might be mindful, but do not have wisdom. So it's very important not to dissociate them. And it's about wisdom or insight about when a person like um, watches their body, the, they reach a point of where they experience the body in subatomic particles. When they watch the mind, they see that emotions are nothing but wavelengths. And when they see this impermanence, it leads to this realization that when they hold on to that, it leads to suffering. And that leads to the sense of, which they call it bhanga, where there's no I. Therefore, this is core to this uh, tradition that there is no self. Uh, it is also important to remember that this practice is uh, supported by ethics or shila and samatha meditation, which many times people do confuse because samatha is um, focused meditation, which is where, and the stages are very similar to advanced stages, dharana, dhyan, samadhi. Uh, I will give you an example. If you focus on uh, doing samatha versus vipassana on breathing, when you do samatha on breathing, you focus on a very small tip, for example, tip of your nose, above your lips and all. So the area is very small. While when you do vipassana, you basically look at breathing and associated mental phenomena and bodily experiences, probably how your chest falls and uh, uh, like rises and falls or your stomach falls and all. So basically the attention becomes larger and you are aware of whatever is ha happening versus the samatha. Samatha is also used to calm the mind. 
coming to the modern applications, it, it, it is rooted in Theravada and Mahayana tradition, and that is also one of the reasons of criticism of modern mindfulness, that it is bringing two very distinct uh, traditions together. I won't go to the Kabat-Zinn's um, definition, but basically it emphasizes the awareness and the non-judgmental acceptance aspect of it. Coming to the literature, there has been many different psychological constructs which has been used to understand mindfulness. It comes from like no, attention, awareness, present focus, or non-reaction, openness, um, curiosity, and all, or else staying with the difficult experiences and letting them pass, which is very, very important. Another concept which has recently been very often used is decentering, which is very similar to uh, expanding your ego's boundaries where you um, are becoming very f more flexible, your perspective broadens, and you are not like this, establishing like, okay, this is my likes and dislikes and my preferences. However, it is important to remember that mindfulness is still difficult to define and measure, and a Vedic perspective might be a useful contribution to the field. Um, coming to this metaphor um, uh, has been um, given in many places and many translations. There are, are at times slight differences also. I've taken Sharvindo's uh, translation from Shwetashura Upanishad that there are these two births that cling to one commentary, beautiful of plumage, yoke fellows are they, eternal companions. And one of them eateth the delicious fruit of the tree and the other eateth not, but watches his fellow. So the core idea of Vedic mindfulness is about these two birds. One is the witnessing self versus the experiencing self. Looking at what are these two birds and what is this, that fruit? Uh, we have to go back to the foundational framework of um, this. Sorry, there's some formatting here, differences. So uh, basically, it's about these two dual principles of Purusha, the real uh, self or soul or pure consciousness in different places have been given differently. But And the Prakriti, which is like the nature or non-conscious primary matter, which is uh, made up of three gunas, tattva, light, knowledge, uh, tamas, and rajas, movement, dynamism versus inertia uh, and dullness. So what they say is basically when Purusha allows Prakriti to reflect in itself or else in another language when Purusha descends into the Prakriti, it leads to this experiencing and then the Purusha also identifies with these thoughts, emotions, actions as its own leading to this narrative self which they call it uh, or making this sense of I and ego. Coming to the uh, same thing mentioned as Akshara and uh, Shara um, in, from Bhagavad Gita. So there is this um, unengaged, silent witness self versus this Prakriti. When they meet, then there is this Shara Purusha, which is uh, changing often, which is engaged in nature, forgetful of itself, and very identified with the uh, ego sense. And these two types or states of Purusha are these two uh, birds and engaged in, one is engaged in bhoga and one is engaged in witnessing and the fruit is the prakriti. So as Sharvindu says in Essays in Gita that the, we have a choice. The mind of man has to tend to one of these poises. It takes them as alternatives. One is bound to nature and one of them is actually um, immutable, free personality and they actually coexist. And then there is Purushottama or the Supreme Reality, which, uh, within which these two contrary aspects stay, uh, exist. So looking at the shift, 
how do we go from the current state of uh, on a daily basis how we experience life and ourselves versus to the witnessing self so um, ashwarvindu says that usually the uh, process starts in buddhi the observing self notices it turns itself inside and then it notices the layers and activities of mind working of gunas the for example dull there are times when we are feeling dull and that is tamas when we are feeling like now very dynamic and very achievement oriented it's rajas and then partial light of sattva as well as the ego which is although an instrument and a very helpless instrument at times a very resistant instrument but we notice that it considers itself as the agent of the action the doer and it is supported by our prana our life force and manas and buddhi also so this these relationship leads to these dual experiences pleasure pain likes dislike all of that the insight once we start observing ourselves it leads to insight and then recoil in the buddhi as shravindo says that it feels that how am i supporting this and it leads to withdrawal of the from this state of shara uh i just want to just mention this uh, um one uh, meditation which is antarmana meditation uh, a practice to cultivate sakshi or drishta bhav and it starts with uh, like many other meditation from, uh, awareness with of body awareness of uh, breath it goes to the uh, awareness of mind with detachment and it's similar in that sense uh, with vipassana however the difference is that here one also notices who is experiencing that and that part is very important uh because we compare the, the, yes in buddhism there is no uh, concept of real self and in um, patanjali yuga sutra also we talk about vyoga of purusha and prakriti and there is a self and all however the implications i would want to just uh, take one minute is that currently there is a report that up to 25 sorry this is not 5% up to 25% of meditators experience um, adverse effects with mindfulness uh, when they are in the clinical uh, situation and that can be for example increased memories of past traumas it can be a low mood increasing anxiety increasing or even hallucination increasing uh, one potential way to explain is that awareness increases equanimity doesn't catch up with that so we suddenly become more aware of our both our the joys the beauty of life sunset and sunrise and all of that but we also become more aware about the pain within us and that's why uh, there is a possible uh, a potential here in vedic mindfulness that when we say that look at who is experiencing uh, probably this kind of pain also goes down the other aspect is uh, currently if you look into uh, cognitive behavior therapy it's somewhat akin to buddhi we are basically cultivating the rational mind the realistic way of looking at world however we have to also differentiate the lower and the higher uh, levels of that one is which is very rational but one of them can be more wiser and the rational way is uh, has been till now uh, supported encouraged and all one of the very core reason is that um therapy tries to be value neutral and this comes from a very long tradition in west uh, of fight between the church and the science and therefore the entire scientific uh, practices has tried to keep away from any kind of values because they feel that okay that goes into the domain of church and all and therefore it tries to be 
out of that tries to say that okay well it's clients uh, perspective which are value they hold on to however that leads to a very decontextualized use of meditation techniques and which is not helpful um yeah so this is the last slide thank you uh, i just want to say that um, we might need to go further because in india we do not have that kind of fight between the science and the spirituality so probably there is a lot more potential to develop um, therapy and intervention based on vedic mindfulness thank you